Welcome to the Essential Geopolitics podcast from Stratfor, a rain company. I'm Emily Donahue. 2023, two years, three and a half months. That's how long the U.S. Federal Reserve says it will keep its policy interest rate near zero. That's a strong signal that getting people back to work may be more important than handling inflation. What happens now? Here to explain is Michael Monderer, Senior Analyst for Global Economics with Stratfor. Thanks for being here, Michael. Thank you, Emily. That seems like a long time for rates to remain near zero. Is that unusual? Well, it it is for the U.S., actually. It's not so much if you're Japan, um, which has been in a, a prolonged economic slump for more than 20 years and where the Bank of Japan has, has maintained a, a near zero interest rate for that long. For the U.S., of course, as you say, it is very unusual. Um, interest rates normally average somewhere between well, between uh, 2 and 4% in the U.S., um, the Fed's policy rate, which is its rate, the rate that banks charge each other on overnight uh, lending of reserves, is now very close to zero. It's in a range of zero to 0.25%. And the Fed is essentially signaling that it's going to keep that that level of interest rates probably at least through 2023 and perhaps even longer if the requirements that it's set out in its latest meeting are not met. Well, Tell me some of those requirements. Well, basically what the Fed has done is it's it's shifted its emphasis from fighting inflation to achieving what it now calls maximum employment. Um, previously, it had talked about full employment, and it had considered that there was a sort of trade-off between the level of employment and the level of inflation. Now, because we have had inflation so low for so long, including periods in which unemployment has been has been very very low the fed is saying that the relationships no longer exist and that uh, they're going to put or that it's going to put more of its emphasis on the uh, the employment man- part of its mandate the fed as you know has a has a dual mandate both in terms of price stability and in terms of maintaining full employment and it's now going to stress the the full employment aspect of of the mandate over the inflation one. You know, I have been reading a ton of reports that say that inflation is creeping up. So is there really uh, no effect between the two anymore? No relationship? Well, yes, inflation is creeping up, uh, particularly in light of uh, the COVID-19 crisis, which has affected supply chains around the world. Uh, particularly for food. You know, we've all been to the market and seen food prices going up, but it's not at a level where there is worry among central bankers anywhere. The inflation rate in the U.S. using the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, which is called the personal consumption expenditure deflator. I know that's a mouthful. Inflation, since uh, the Fed adopted a 2% target somewhat informally in 2012, has averaged only 1.4% well below its 2% target, and it succeeded that only twice. So the Fed is essentially shifting to, rather than than saying it will raise interest rates preemptively to keep from reaching or to, to head off inflation from going above 2%, the Fed is essentially now saying that it will average inflation over some period of time, and that if it's 2% over that period of time, some months below, some periods above, then that is achieving its goal of price stability. So 
the Fed is not abandoning its its inflation emphasis entirely. It's merely shifting it right now to say that uh, because inflation has been so low for so long, it needs to uh, adopt a different approach. Now, you and I have discussed employment a number of times on this podcast, and it's your job to look to what the real message is here. But if I were to extrapolate, uh, I would say that the Fed considers mass unemployment much more significant than low inflation. Yes, absolutely. And and the Fed is responding to the situation that we've had um, because of the COVID-19 crisis. Chairman Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve Board, held a news conference after the Fed's most recent meeting, and he, he seemed to acknowledge that uh, the 3.5% unemployment rate that prevailed prior to the COVID-19 crisis was, as, as he called it, very attractive. And he, and he acknowledged also that the unemployment rate, at least the standard measures of unemployment, may be underestimated employment in the economy. You and I have talked extensively about this, where we said that uh, the standard measures, which mean people have to be in the workforce actively looking for work, may not apply during the current crisis. In fact, the, the unemployment rate right now is, um, oh gosh, I think it's 10.6%, um, meaning that something like 11 million people are unemployed. But in fact, there are closer to 30 million people that may be receiving some sort of unemployment benefits. I would say two years, three and a half months before they even consider moving the policy interest rate above zero or above where its target is, it indicates that unemployment is a significant issue for the long haul. And I assume that there are other things that we have to do besides interest rates to to handle unemployment. Oh, absolutely. And, and Chairman Powell has acknowledged that, as have most of the other members of the Federal Reserve. Particularly, they're saying that we need additional fiscal stimulus, which has been held up in Congress because of a disagreement between the White House and congressional Democrats over the size of the program. The uh, the White House wants, and the Senate, in fact, discussed or took a vote on a so-called skinny bill, which would uh, supplement the already $3 trillion that's been provided in income support this year with perhaps another $500 billion, $500 billion. And that's only a fraction of what the House Democrats have said is necessary and what I think most uh, most economists would recognize as necessary. Um, unfortunately, when we get unemployment reports that show unemployment declining and starting to move back towards a more normal level, um, it creates a false sense of hope in the economy. We're, right now, we're, we're in gridlock on Capitol Hill over the issue. So what happens next then? Well, Emily, the... Uh, the economy is going to continue to be in a deep recession this year. There will be growth in the third quarter, but it will be from a very low base because we've we've lost so much in the past pre, in the past few months. Um, there probably needs to be additional income and job support provided by the government. Um, when that happens is anybody's guess. Michael, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Emily. Michael Monderer is a senior analyst for global economics with Stratfor, a RAIN company. Stratfor and RAIN help you contextualize events as they happen and prepare for events on the horizon. We help you understand what happens next. 
You can read more comprehensive forecasting on the global economic impacts of the coronavirus pandemic and prepare for what happens next with a subscription to Stratfor Worldview. Check out the special price for podcast listeners at stratfor.com slash podcast offer. That's all one word, stratfor.com slash podcast offer. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Thank you.